the Steelers are in love with Justin Fields, the quarterback at Ohio State, and they're going to do everything they can to move up in the first round to draft their next franchise guy. Or or not. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way every weekday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of penguins and pirates. On March 30th, Mike Tomlin attended Ohio State's Pro Day. And when he did that, there was a, a film crew there uh, employed by the Buckeyes putting together kind of one of those uh, behind the scenes or in the room, whatever you want to call it, uh, documentary type productions. And it wasn't until this week that their work emerged. And without any splicing or fanfare or singling out of the interactions between Tomlin and Fields, they put this thing out, and of course, it never takes long in the football world for everything to get noticed, and it did, and within this past 72 hours, I'd say it pretty much went everywhere. And in that video, Tomlin at one point crosses paths with Fields and says, hey, you know who we're here to see. Uh, Go out there and do it for me, baby, or something to that effect. Very, very Tomlin-type talk. He does this with all his guys. He does it with Jordan Dangerfield, special teams ace. Actually, he does it with Dangerfield more than most. And... Fields, you know, keeps walking and just says something like, yeah, I appreciate it, I appreciate it. And then they're out on the field, and Tomlin is standing in a certain area where Fields is running a sprint, and it's really impressive, by the way. I mean, kid's an amazing athlete. And you can tell Tomlin really likes him. And from there, it's going to be natural, especially for people who don't see these kinds of workouts or don't see how Tomlin is with everybody to draw conclusions that this is it, this is it, the Steelers love this guy, they're going to move up, they're going to go get him, they're going to, this is the, this is their player. <sighs> no, it, it, it isn't. This is actually just par for the course uh, with this coach and with this process. I'm not here to dump on Justin Fields. Uh, far from it. He's He's had a very good career with the Buckeyes. He's 6'3", 228, 443 in the 40. Threw a 65-yard bomb at this pro day that had everyone applauding. And he's going to have another session tomorrow, which will be 15 days before the first round of the draft. He has a chance to make an impression. He has a chance to maybe, to some extent, stick it to doubters who have recently seemed to cool on him for whatever reason. And he's now seen as someone who could drop into double digits where for the longest time he was seen as a one through nine guy. Most of that 
doesn't reflect performance, and it certainly doesn't reflect performance after the season is over. It's more about uh, who the teams are, what order they're picking in, and what their needs are. It's not anything that the kid does wrong, obviously. And Fields has impressed. But if you've looked around football and seen what the cost is of moving up, if you're the Steelers, you're doing nothing here other than setting yourself up for a situation where somehow, some way, Fields falls. And that doesn't even have to be all the way to 24 where they're going to be picking. It could be 17 or 18, something like that. And then you make a move that's not nearly as costly in terms of draft capital to move up four or five slots because you know that there's a team ahead of you that also wouldn't mind having a quarterback or that you know is also on fields. So that's why I don't want to completely dump on this. But the idea that the Steelers are going to do what they did with Devin Bush and leap all the way into the top 10, that they're even going to do what they did with Troy and and move way up in the first round, I'm not seeing that. I'm, I'm not feeling that at all. I don't think that this team would be that smitten with this one quarterback that they'd make that move in this year. And that's really the the point of emphasis for me here. Because in this year, in 2021, you have Ben Roethlisberger, you have Mason Rudolph. So when you're looking at a Justin Fields, you're already organizationally comparing Fields and this entire quarterback class to the 2022 group. Yes, they do have to do that kind of thinking. Because if they say to themselves, look, we can get through 2021, obviously, at the quarterback position. So what you're doing is you're you're asking yourself, is Fields better? Is he more valuable to us? Is he more precious at this spot? Or if we move up three or four spots and give up the capital to get him, then if we just wait next year and see how that quarterback class shapes up. Who's there now? Who do we see now that we like? Who do we see that might get better? It's a lot more layered than Tomlin likes this guy and, by gosh, he's going to go get him. Because then something else happens. You make this move. You go get Fields. And you're left without a running back. And if you want to justify that by saying, hey, they can just go do this, they can just go sign such and such free agent, heck, they could bring James Conner back. Yay! You know, this is these aren't answers. This is not something that's going to address anything in 2021. And in fact, it's actually going to dig the hole deeper for 2021. It really will. Because let's not forget that even though there are running backs available, there isn't that much cash available. There isn't that much cap room available. It's fun. It's a cool exercise. 
Heck, it might even be worthwhile. But don't read that much or really anything into Tomlin's behavior or speech or mannerisms at these things. That's just how he is. He really, really loves these settings. He loves being around young football players. It gets him fired up. And that's that's what was there. That's all that was there. I'm sorry. I know it's so much more fun to talk about. <laughs> they could go up and get their quarterback of the future and everybody could relax and just enjoy Ben's last year knowing that his, uh, that his successor is just standing there on the sideline waiting in the wings for his turn. I, I don't see that happening in 2021. When we come back this month. For just one question that's brought to you on this program always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been AV rated. That's the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Ungi, whose question, plain and simple, is, So, you mean the sky isn't falling? It seemed like David DeCastro might have been playing hurt all last year, a return to good health, could let him regain his previous form. Angi is referring, of course, to my topic yesterday about the offensive line not exactly being in the catastrophic state that some seem to be expressing. My own view, for anybody who missed the show, in a nutshell, is that the Steelers could benefit from the youth, energy, and fire that was missing from this group at large last season. But, Ungi, I'm going to respectfully disagree with your assessment of DeCastro. Uh, yeah, he was hurting uh, through training camp and through the early part of the season when he again had to be shut down. Uh, he had an injury. He had a lingering injury that was never deemed nor classified verbally by the Steelers as anything serious. And in fact, if you were paying real close attention at the time, Mike Tomlin would throw out these hints that would suggest that DeCastro's just right around the corner. He's going to be back any time now. And then he wasn't. And if you follow or cover sports long enough, you do pick up on patterns here with how a coach describes these things or how a manager describes these things. And that wasn't a great look for Dave. So just take that from me however you will. And then on top of that, hearing some stuff during and after the season that 
Dave wasn't necessarily 100% into the process. He wasn't all the way there. He was part of the problem when it came to run blocking. And I'm sorry, man, when you're looking at guys who've been there for a long time, like Marquise Pouncey, like Alejandro Villanueva, like Dave, and you see that some rookie would just go onto the field and out-energize them badly. And yeah, I'm talking about Kevin Dotson. But out-energize them to an embarrassing extent. Then there was a bigger problem than just Dave being hurt or Dave having a lingering injury. I have heard that He's never been all that pleased, not that he blames anybody for this, but by seeing his fellow linemates, guys that he was part of that group with, kind of fading off, or in some cases retiring, or in you know some cases just leaving through free agency, and that that's cost him some of that fire or whatever else. I'm not here to psychoanalyze from afar. I'm sharing with you what it is that I've heard. I am not excited about what David DeCastro has to offer in 2021, not as a default mode. And I really, really like this guy. This is no fun reporting this stuff to you. Trust me on that. But we'll see. You know what? This is a classic case of one of those things where I'd love to have the opposite play out from what it is that I'm predicting for you. I'd love to see that happen. But right now, with the information that I have and what we all witnessed and and processed uh, through the 2020 season, no, no. There's there's not optimism there. There's not optimism there. I appreciate the question, Ungi. I appreciate everybody listening, and we'll do another Daily Shot of Steelers tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.